Casting through song. Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Remember in the preseason, I told you there would be a player to lead you to your championship. We're going to talk about him through the snow. on this special you Christmas edition of Red Burns Blue. 60 seconds, guys. Here we go. we go. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Merry Christmas, Mike. I believe, I believe, I believe in wishing well, and I also believe in a lot of things. Things oh, yeah. the days he tells I believe, I believe That a four-leaf clover brings Lots of luck, lots of joy, lots of happiness I believe those things There we go, Mike. It is a special Beautiful. Christmas Beautiful. edition of Red vs. Blue with the Rat Pack. Hello, everybody. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, and this is Red vs. Blue. High Stakes Fantasy Radio. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, and in a championship game himself, Michael Trent. And Mike, it's all on the line this week. Yes, it is. And uh, there's uh, hopefully there's a lot of people that are in the same situation I'm in. Uh, I had LT tonight and uh, Rob Barone. Good. Uh, you know, made out pretty good with two touchdowns. Uh, Got a little over 20 points out of LT and uh, got a field goal and a couple of extra points out of Baronis, but uh, we'll go from there. Well, Merry Christmas, Mike. It's been a uh, great year so far. We'll have one episode left in 2009, and then it will be 2010, and we'll be looking forward to the playoff challenge that we love to play, and we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. The FFPC has one. The, uh, the World Championship of Fantasy Football has one. NFSC has their own unique spin. We'll talk a little bit about those uh, here tonight, but yeah, tonight uh, was was all about um, San Diego rolling on, continuing locking up home field advantage um, in the first round uh, for San Diego. Obviously, the Colts are are the story of the AFC, and Mike, I, I think they were the story last week as well. They carried on their undefeated season while the Saints 
Uh, Romo and the Cowboys snuck up and bit him, Mike. What, what do you think about that game? How about them Cowboys? Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was somebody from I don't know where. But uh, that was a great game. It's probably the best game that Dallas has played in, I would say, three years uh, from start to finish. Uh, they let New Orleans get a little bit close to them, and, uh, but they were able to uh, keep them at bay. DeMarcus Ware, I mean, Ware played a wonderful game. Uh, Tony Romo, this guy in December, he's getting a lot of flack, but this guy this year is playing, you know, spot on football. I mean, whatever it needs, whatever it needs, whatever it takes, he's he's getting it done for him. And uh, I'm excited as a Cowboy fan, uh, but then again, it's only one game. It's only one win. And, you know, Dallas, they're going to Washington, and then they finish up uh, to Philadelphia. So a lot of work to be done for Dallas. Uh, but uh, tonight, I was really, really impressed by San Diego. I think San Diego has all the guns, has what it takes to meet up and match up with Indianapolis. Well, that's yet to be seen, Mike, and, and we're, we're going to see. They always have, it seems like, the Indianapolis' number, and no matter how good uh, the season goes for Indianapolis, it seems like Philip Rivers, the uh, the coaching staff, North Turner. I mean, come on, this guy somehow has uh, – he always had his number. But this is Jim Caldwell's team in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, he, he went on record this week. He said, hey, look, there's only one happy team uh, at the end of this whole thing, and that's the team that wins it all, wins the Super Bowl. 16-0 is not their goal is what he said. So, right. man, I, I tell you what, I want to start off and talk about this Colts game a little bit before we get – uh, before we get back to that New Orleans game, I've got my own thoughts on that, and, and, and it scares me this week if I own uh, some of these New Orleans Saints, uh, no matter what the coaching staff is saying. But th- this Colts team, uh, Mike, they're, they've got two games away from, from a perfect 16-0 and season. Uh, they've wow. got the Jets next, and, and that's in the radar. I'm going to be at that game and, and obviously rooting on the Jets here, but uh, I, I'm not so convinced that the starters are going to play in this game. And, and even if they do, uh, this Jets defense is no joke. I mean, I, I don't want to overblow it here. Peyton Manning can, can roll on anybody, but you've got the number one quarterback defense, the number one wide receiver defense, the number two tight end defense, and the number six running back defense. Regardless, if you think the Colts are going to play all the whole game, you don't have a real promising situation, even if they do, Mike. So, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know what I – what do you do with your Colts this week? Well, I – you know, I, you got to play them. You, you have to play them. Uh, the, the best I can tell from Caldwell and uh, Peyton Manning is these guys, they're going to play, and it's just going to treat like a, it, it was October or, or, you know, September. These guys are going to play because they want a perfect season. But on the back end of it, just like you, you were talking about, it's not the end of the world if they don't win or lose this game. So I can see Peyton, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, Joseph Adai. I mean, I can see these guys playing a half. But if they're going to play half, I can see them playing the whole game. So if they're in, they're in. So I'm treating it as if they're playing the whole game. 
347-324-5404 is the number. We want to help uh, anybody out in a championship game this week. We want to hear from you. We've got the crew at Red vs. Blue kind of kind of crawling in uh, tonight, Mike. Obviously, it's Christmas night. We we contemplated not having a show, but look, we've got way too much on the line. All of us do uh, to to bail out on you guys. So we are we are here for you for the next hour until uh, Christmas is over. Uh, we've got G Money in the chat room, shot caller, sports betting man Lance. What's up, my man? The prognosticator said something along the lines of uh, he, he thinks Peyton will be in the game as long as the game is close. And yeah. I, you know, you heard the I other agree. day that you heard the other day that Peyton doesn't make the call whether or not he plays, and it's coach's decision. Russ, we got UFFC also in the uh, in the chat room as well. Russ Steele, one of the finalists in the FFPC, he's going for seventy five thousand. He's still in the hunt, Mike. A uh, friend of our program was on last week. He's still in the hunt. Yep. He's with us. Uh, but back back to Peyton, you know he's he's in this uh, he's in this zone where it doesn't really matter who he plays. Uh, but I'm not so sure that this that Jim Caldwell, you know, is calling the shots. I know that's what they said, but you know, I think if I kind of agree with Alex, if if, if Peyton is this a close game, I see Peyton playing. But I I don't know. I'm still a little worried though. This is a defense that you know again, even if even if they do play all the game, I don't think you're going to see a real big Colts shootout type game. This is not. This is not a defense that allows it. This is a defense that is on their heels. This is a, a must-win situation. You saw the game last week against the Jets, Mike, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta didn't do anything all game. They held them down. The Jets scored, and then they went down and, like, missed three field goals or something. Three casualties of field goals. Could have put the game out of reach. Instead, what happens? Matt Ryan goes down. Uh, Revis was on Tony Gonzalez pretty much most of the day. I, I noticed that. He kind of shut him down. When they got in that goal, in the red zone, though, Revis went over to Roddy White, covers Roddy White, shuts him down, they throw it to Gonzalez. You, can, you know, Revis is only one man. Yeah. He can only cover one guy. Uh, as much as he'd like to cover multiples, he can only cover one guy. They have two, and, you know, game's over. The Jets are now one of these teams that are in this lock jam here at 7-7. Seven seven. So you know they've got a lot on the line. They're going to play with everything they've got. They I'm just to. not convinced that these Colts are, are very good starters. Well, you know, and the funny thing about it, I'm playing uh, Johnny U in the uh, Hyper 3, and he switched That's his correct, lineup Mike. probably three or four times. Uh-huh. And uh, there's no Reggie Wayne in there. So, Well, I'll tell you, I can't, I can't blame him. Obviously, with Reggie Wayne, here you go. Uh, you've got Revis, the best uh, corner in the league, bar none, already. And this is, uh, I believe it's his third year. He came out that year with Aaron Ross, the Giants took Aaron Ross. I was really high on him, and Revis came out, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I came from watching him play against Louisville with Pittsburgh, and, you know, Harry Douglas and, and Mario Uribe, these guys were, were passing all over Revis when they had the opportunity, but this guy has the skills and the physical talent to, to really be at the top of his game for, for a long, long time. So I don't know that I'd put Reggie Wayne in there either. Uh, you know, it, it's just a yeah, very man. tough situation. He does have uh, he he does have Dallas Clark inserted, um, so I you know I don't know who's gonna how long are they gonna play? I mean that that's a tough question, but uh, I think I think we pretty much settled it that uh, they're gonna play. If it's close, they're gonna play. They're gonna play. Well, and, and here you go. As a fantasy owner, you get you get into the trap of these are the guys that got you here, and you got to play them. But I'm telling you, in Championship Week, it's a little bit different. The dynamic in championship week is, uh, hey, you've got to look at every situation as close as possible. Look, we've been burned before with 
playing the guys that got you here, and then to see him just sit in the, after a half a quarter. Okay, you know? I, got, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, like tonight's game. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm waiting on LT to come back and uh, play some more, but it wasn't going to happen because uh, San Diego they had the game in the bag. So why play LT? Uh, LT had a great game, you know, and uh, those two touchdowns that uh, Ladanian Tomlinson had. They were because of Tennessee offsides. Tennessee made so many mistakes tonight that basically uh, they gave me 12 points. Yeah. And powered by Chris Johnson, uh, scoring about 27 points tonight. Obviously, there are many, many Chris Johnson owners in championship games tonight all across the country. And Chris Johnson, uh, he, he did his owners proud with 27 points. Again, kudos to you, Mike, for having LT and making it to the championship game. Uh, that's a statement in of itself. Uh, Twenty plus points there. Uh, it was it was a great game. There's, there's just a lot going on. I, I guess you know this Colts situation. We'll come back to it. That I, I'll tell you, it's just not a good situation to play your Colts this week. I really don't feel like it is, unless it's Peyton Manning and you don't have other options uh, that you can go with. This same situation that we call. saw. This same situation. Let's move to it, Mike. Uh, when Tony Romo came in and they, they really did, did the number on the Saints, uh, you had Reggie Bush there. It looked like a hammy. I, I guess it was just spring. Uh, he could have went back in um, it, with cramps. But, you know, he had some open space and open field. This guy looked like it could have really went going. I wonder how much that Reggie Bush injury had to do with that with that loss. The Dallas Cowboy defense looked like they came to play. Yeah, they were. Dallas, Dallas defense was, I mean, they were all around it. Um, Tony Romo, like I said, I mean, he's not making mistakes the way he has in the past. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he's knowing the game, and he understands the game when it comes to late December. And, you know, I like what I see out of Dallas. Um, but, you know, this game, um, it was a loss for New Orleans. But New Orleans, they shouldn't – I mean, they're going to be okay. Uh, I have Pierre Thomas. And I'm really uh, interested in the thoughts about Pierre Thomas, Reggie Bush. How's Reggie Bush going to be uh, this week? So, you know, th- there's a lot of variables that I'm looking at uh, regarding New Orleans. Uh, as far as Dallas goes, I think they're going to be okay. Uh, but don't get too high on one win because uh, Washington, I mean, let's face it, the first time they played Washington, boy, they beat him 7-6. to six. So, yeah. <laughs> Good point, Mike. Dallas is sitting in the driver's seat, though, at 9-5. and five, They obviously have a very tough game uh, against Philly Week 17. Yep. Uh, but I, but I, I like what I'm seeing there with Dallas. Obviously, the Giants are the question mark. You know, can they sneak in? Can they find a way to get in that game, uh, get in that playoff? They're sitting at 8-6. and six. And they just had a dominating performance the other night against Washington. You mentioned the skins. Uh, Bradshaw looked fantastic. Um uh, you know, he put up a big number, 24 points, and the Giants really came to win. They came out, made a statement, and said, "Look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let this be one of these games where we just don't bring it." They brought it early, brought it off, and Jason Campbell was pretty much left for dead in the first half, and he yeah. he put together a, a solid second half. Uh, you know, just to be able to to stay in there. So, uh, the, the, well, the one thing about it, though, the, the Giants, uh, they got uh, Carolina at home. Um, it should set up really good for them to be able to run the football as much as they want. But the one thing they got to be careful about, Matt Moore is a hot QB right now. This guy is throwing it all over the place. 
So, uh, you know, the, the, the secondary, the uh, DBs, they got to be very careful. Well, you're not kidding, Mike. Uh, Matt Moore does have a bum shoulder. you got to watch that. Um, Matt Moore did find Steve Smith and had his way with that. He, he's, a nice, he's a nice little quarterback, much better option than Jake Delhomme, right? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, here, you know, I mean, it's just setting up perfect for him. Here, here's the thing that uh, this game stands out to me. D'Angelo Williams, obviously doubtful in this game versus the G-Men with a calf injury. Jonathan Stewart takes the reins here. Had a great game last week versus the, uh, you know, he, he's playing uh, 25 for 109 and a touchdown last week. I, okay, that's that's a game that, you know, okay, he showed what he, he's the type of guy that can, can take over this team and, and, and put him on his back. Uh, I, I just, if he if he plays this week against the Giants, they're the 13th best run defense in the league. You know, he he's a guy that if you've got to feel fortunate to be able to get a starter this late in the game in the, in the season, uh, Jonathan Stewart could you know put up a nice 20 point game for you. Well, you know what, Scott, in this game, like I said, I really don't see a whole lot of run going on against uh, the Giants, but uh, they're going to, uh, you know, being in New York, I don't know, I I have this. This feeling that uh, you know, being at New York, it's it's going to play into the Giants' hands, and uh, Carolina's going to have a heck of a tough time running the ball. I just, you know, Matt Moore is just and Steve Smith, Carolina Steve Smith. Uh, I think they're going to have fun on this day. Well, and that was against Minnesota, Mike. I, I was I was trying to figure out. I was trying to remember who that was. That was against Minnesota and Brett Favre last week. Uh, Jonathan Stewart in the running defense for Minnesota is one of the you know the top in the league, and he looked like he just had no problem doing what he does. He, I mean, that's the second best run defense in the league. He did that against. So, I, well, I, I would think you know, if I Jonathan Stewart, and I do, I've got him in the FFPC, Mike, and I'm and I'm making a run there in that uh, <clears throat> other bracket. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I pick up Jonathan Stewart this week. You got to feel good about getting an extra starter like that this late in the season. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Uh, a lot of those stats, so you got to make sure that you uh, realize what's happened in the last three weeks, not overall for the year. Uh, see, what I like to do is I like to break it down what's happened in the last three weeks because, you know, based on injuries and things like that. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We're talking week sixteen in the National Football League, and uh, all these contests that are out here. We've got several of the guys, the, the FFPC, uh, the Prognosticator, Al Kagnoski's in the chat room. If you have a question, if you have uh, in, in, you know a, a lineup decision that might cost you your championship, bring it here. I've got several. Look, I know what you're going through. It's it's last week. I I was in five, six. I was in six championship games. Only made it through three of them. So. I tell you, it's hard. This, these these last couple weeks in the playoffs, it's hard to make the right decisions. Here, I'll give you a classic example, Mike, of a classic mistake. Okay, here we go. But right. last week, Cleveland uh, was was had a great matchup against Kansas City. Right, Kansas City's one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, the thirtieth overall. I'm sitting with a player named Chris Jennings. I saw what he did against Pittsburgh. He looked very strong. You know, looked like he could rough rough through the line. I've got another guy called Jermichael Finley. You know, he's been a beast in the Green Bay offense. I've already started Dallas Clark with my tight end, but I can start a second tight end as a flex. And I'm thinking to myself, man, okay, Finley's going to be good for about 15 points, but no guarantee he really puts up, you know, 
uh, a touchdown or, or a big day. This Chris Jennings kid, with the way Kansas City just lets everybody roll over him, I want to put Chris Jennings in the lineup. Well, classic case of overthinking it, Mike. Here we go. Right. You know, that right. game starts, and you know what? I'm half right. Jerome Harrison rolls for 286 yards yeah. on 34 carries and three touchdowns. I'm sitting here saying, those are Chris Jennings yards, man. Yeah. And, and, I, and I bench for Michael Finley, and I lose that game, that championship semifinal, because of that decision, Mike. Those are the types of decisions I want you guys to learn from. Don't make the same mistake. Well, you know what, Scott? What was the mistake there? Well, it's hard to say, though. You can sec- you can second guess yourself all the time. Uh, you, the one thing, the one mistake that I see a lot of fantasy football owners going through, especially this time of year, is I'm overthinking things. I'm I'm going against matchups. Go with your gut freaking feeling. That is my opinion. Go with your gut feeling. Stick with what's got you there, and just go with it. Uh, you know, I I have uh, I have a opportunity to maybe start Steve Breston instead of Santana Moss. I'm not hmm. going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start Santana Moss because I'm going with my gut feeling. A big play against Dallas will make things happen for him. So on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, yeah. that's what that, that's what I'm going with, and you know, I've, I've stuck with this lineup the, the entire time. I've stuck with LT. I've stuck with Pierre Thomas, and uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I don't I don't blame you there, Mike. That's uh, that's one of those where you've got a number one wide receiver versus a number three, and while the matchup for Arizona is uh, is lively, uh, I I think that they're going to definitely take advantage of. Uh, St. Louis's lack of a ground defense. St. Louis is 27th in the league against running backs. I think you're going to see a big, big day by being Wells in that game. Wells looked great last week, 17 for 110 and a touchdown versus Detroit. And Detroit's known to give up several hundred yards as well. So I think you're going to see a very similar game to that. You know, Warren will probably control the game. He knows he's in the playoffs. And you're going to see another big day by Beanie Wells. If you have him, you got to get be excited about putting him in your lineup. In Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree, Scott. Uh, Beanie Wells, this guy is – he's going to be a monster. Uh, I love Tim Hightower, but Tim Hightower, let's face it, he can't get it done the way Beanie Wells can. Beanie Wells can get it – I mean, he can get it done. I mean, he slashes, he moves. I mean, he sees things. He sees the field like, uh, I would say, uh, a Chris Johnson or LeBron James sees the basketball court. I mean – he sees things that a lot a lot of others don't. So I'm excited about Beanie Wells. If you have Beanie Wells, feel good about yourself. We're going to start a new segment this week, Mike. Uh, it, it's going to be the uh, the Droid powered by Android Player of the Week. Uh, one of our one of our cool. newest partners here uh, with Red versus Blue, and uh, the, all the Red versus Blue action this week is brought to you by and over the lines of the Droid. Uh, with Verizon Network. Ben Roethlisberger is her player of the week. Mike, 503 yards last week and yeah. three touchdowns. Mike Tomlin got absolutely bailed out last week. You know, if you saw the late in that game, he went for an onside kick after having, you know, good control of this game, and Green Bay comes right back down and gets the ball and scores, leaving a lot of time left. I was like, man, you, you're scoring pretty quick here. They got the score. 
and then Mike Wallace saves the day. You know, let's say Roethlisberger saves the day, but Mike Wallace makes the key catch at the end of the game to uh, propel Pittsburgh back into this playoff hunt, Mike, at 7-7. Seven and seven. Ben yeah. Roethlisberger is our player of the week. Well, you know what? That's perfect. That's perfect. Because, uh, you know, the way they came back, uh, what a heck of a game that was. I mean, I, you know, I saw highlights. I didn't get to see it, you know, firsthand, but I saw highlights. What a game and 500 yards passing. Give me a break. This guy is good. He's really good. Uh, with a limited rushing attack, uh based on the way Mendenhall did. So he's like, okay, well, let me let me take things into my own hands. And uh, there's a lot of fantasy football players that were out there that were going, oh, my goodness, should I start Ben or should I start Ben or should I start Ben or? Well, if you didn't start Ben, sorry. <laughs> it, it, it is bad if you, if you left him on your bench. Those are the types of decisions we don't want you to make here in this key Week 16 matchup. A lot of you guys, I'm sure, are going to be listening to this podcast on Saturday morning, obviously Friday being Christmas Day. This is Christmas night. We've got 30 minutes left before Christmas is over. Uh, you'll have your lights up for about one more week, and then the lights are gone, Mike. If Christmas is coming, gone, just like that, the presents are all out. And if you, you know, well, in my house, I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, both boys, and the toys are still scattered all across the floor in their in their in their playroom. So. Well. You know, be that on, way a side note, on a side note, Scott, Christmas is uh, every day. You know, we, we all always need to think about that. Christmas is every day. I'm very thankful for everything I got and uh, just just be able to do this show with you. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, so, you know, a week from today, it's going to be New Year's Day. <laughs> so, yeah, and another day to celebrate. Brett Favre last week we got into this big tussle with Childress. But this is uh this is a this is a Chicago game, Mike. Uh, that you know, just four weeks ago we saw Brett Favre throw for three ninety two and three. Now this is in Chicago. This is where jobs are on the line. Uh, it sounds like Lovey is is very likely out uh, as the head coach if they don't show some kind of life here in the last couple weeks. Maybe even if they do anyway. But I bet you a win against Chicago, uh, against Minnesota on Monday night in front of a home crowd could do a lot. Uh, to keep this situation glued together, because right now the glue's getting ready to come off, Mike. Is, is this a yeah, more 392-3 and three game again, or does Chicago have something left in the tank? Yeah, there's – you know, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, this game is uh, – on both sides, there's a lot of scenarios that can take place here. Uh, Lovey Smith, job in jeopardy. What happened? Uh, on Minnesota side, uh, what's going on with Adrian Peterson? Why – you know, as 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 defenses figure this guy out or what? Because uh, let's face it, Adrian Peterson he hasn't done much at all, and I hope he doesn't do anything at all on Monday. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be a a match of wits, so to speak. Uh, the uh, Brett Favre Childress thing, uh, you know, I don't I don't put. Put much stock into it. Uh, Brett Favre wants to win. Childress wants to win. They both want to win. Um, but I, I really, at the end of the day, I see Minnesota playing a huge game and uh, maybe going to AP more than they, more than I want them to. But uh, maybe doing get back to the basics. Basically, 
Well, I think they can do pretty much anything they want to do against this Chicago team uh, that is 23rd against quarterbacks, 20th against running backs, 26th against wide receivers. It really doesn't matter uh, who they line up against. They have no offensive line to protect Cutler. It's not that like Cutler's making great decisions out there. He is making poor decisions, but he's not getting a lot of help. He's not getting much time at all. There's, there's just so much going wrong with this team. They don't ever go after wide receivers in the draft. I don't know what the, the stigma is. Philly finally figured it out. They went and grabbed Deshaun Jackson. Next year they went and grabbed Macklin. They're like, look, you got to win in this league with receivers. It's the quarterback league. They figured that out. Uh, and, and now you've got to do that if you're uh, if, if you're Chicago. Minnesota's figured it out, okay? They went and grabbed Percy Harvin and Sidney Rice and, and got Brett Favre in here. If you're Chicago, you've got to figure this out. You've got your quarterback. Look, Devin Hester, I like the guy. Uh, he is he, he, he was limited yesterday. He should start. It sounds like he will get back into the action. But it's just too little too late for this team. And, and I'm just worried that, uh, you know, I, I could, could, I, could I see an upset here? I could definitely see one because, hey, look, the wheels are coming off of this Minnesota team, it sounds like. I mean, who's the coach? Who who do you yeah. listen to? Adrian Peterson. Who's in charge? They're not giving the ball to Adrian Peterson as much as they should. Exactly. Uh, if, exactly. if you give it to him like you should, they should have. They should have been in that game last week. Uh, but they well, won. They I heard, a, uh, I heard a, uh interview from a prominent NFL player that said, uh, if if my coach wants to tell me that, I'll be like, okay. You know, instead of refuting. So, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to stir a bunch of stuff between uh, Favre and Childress, but, uh, you know, you, you made a comment there, Scott, that that made sense. Who is in charge? Who is the guy in charge there? Because you have to have it. I mean, it's one thing to be in charge in September, October, but by golly, you better be in charge come late December and January when it comes to playoff push. Well, and he just keeps airing this stuff out. It's just, I don't like to see it. Uh, you know, it just it just keeps happening with this guy. He airs it out in the media. You know what? Yep. Just say, hey, you know, if, if I'm asked the question to say, you know what, that's what players do, that's what coaches do, Heat of the moment, I want him there. He, you know, he's worried, and and that's just what happens in games. I've been playing long, enough. but no, he he takes it to another level. He kind of he just kind of lets the the whole thing like it's, I agree. It's, I'm a victim here, and I'm 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 the guy that's getting wronged and I come out no way. I, so he just does that with the media, and I don't I don't like it. So uh, uh, I don't either, Scott. He he don't have to go over that line. All he has to say is, look, man, we we just uh, we had a talk and uh, everything's fine. Next question. There you, you know, go. I mean, <laughs> That's not what you get with him. That's not what you get with Paul. No. So, all right. Well, Mike, we we like I like I told you earlier in the in the segment here. Um, I told you in the preseason there was one player that was the key to winning yep. your fantasy championship, and uh, you know all season long that hasn't really looked like that was going to be uh, come to fruition. But Mike, it has the opportunity to to to, to come true. Uh, I brought it up uh, beginning of the year, and and you know here it is again. Uh, this player has a chance to, to 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 lead you to win your championship, and and, and Mike, I just I just, I I just want to bring it up, and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it next here, just right after this commercial. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. 
I'll be there. Will you? Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring making spirits bright What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight Oh, jingle bells, jingle Mike, I wonder bells. if snow will be an issue this weekend. Snows all across uh, America, and, uh, you know, you just got to wonder. You've got this game here, obviously, that we know there won't be snow, Mike. Buffalo versus Atlanta, and this is a player. There's a player in this lineup, in this game, that I have to get in my lineup. I don't care how you got to do it. You tell me who you got on your team or who you got to bench, and I'll tell you, I got to get him in the lineup. It's Jason Snelling, Mike. Jason Snelling looks like he's going to get the nod. Michael Turner is not going to play. He's not expected to play. Buffalo is the worst rushing defense in the league, Mike. There's nobody else to really run the ball. Norwood will get a couple carries, but Jason Snelling has proven to be the man, and there's no worries here. Buffalo has a great secondary. Ryan's not going to test them, even if Ryan plays. He's, he, which is which is iffy. It looks like I, he's I don't, I don't think I don't think Ryan's going to play. I think Redmond's going to play. And uh, I think Snelling is going to, you know, test the water, so to speak, real early. And uh, he's going to get he's going to get his yards. Uh, but I still think I think it's going to be a aerial uh, assault. And I think uh, Chris Redman can have some fun doing it. Well, and, and again, either way, it's in a dome. Uh, but Buffalo has a vicious oh, secondary. They they really shut down the wide receivers. They're number three in the league. Look, with a team that bad. Against the run, you obviously that affects how good your your stats here are against wide receivers. You can run on Buffalo all day long, Mike. Every team has shown it. Every team has proven it. There's no reason to risk it when you can just gaping holes right up the middle with an average offensive line. And that's what you're going to see in this Atlanta game. Jason Snelling is going to get you 20 points. Put it in the bank. On a, on a side note, how close was this from uh, Chris, Chris Redman versus uh, Brian Brock? A great point, Mike. Brian Brom is starting. Uh, very interesting. Uh-huh. He's going to get his first career start in the National Football League. That would be uh, I mean, quarterback. That is so cool. I mean, just to see those guys. Chris Redman, I mean, he, he stuck solid. Mill high guy. He is stuck yeah. solid. And, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to test waters and see what happens. And <laughs> But, uh, Too bad, absolutely nothing is on the line here. Nothing, not not a, not a thing is on the line here. So, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. Hey, you know what that uh, – you know, there's another quarterback. Isn't Hunter Cantwell a Carolina Panther? Yeah. Isn't Hunter Cantwell a former – another Louisville quarterback? He's a Carolina Panther. So, you know, Matt Moore, if he's bummed shoulder, you could have a, you could have a third quarterback. You could have three of them. Three of them. That would be something, man. I don't know. Again, meaningless games, not not anything on the line, but uh, it, it is interesting if you're from the little area. This Denver yeah, Philly game, Mike. It, it is, and plus uh, these guys are looking to, to the future because you, you yeah. never know what's going to happen. Let's face it, Jake Delhomme, uh I don't know. You know, they signed him on that big contract, and uh, how long does he have? What's his longevity? Uh yeah, he's done. he's done. He, he couldn't. Matt he, Moore. he might be able to start in a place like Cleveland or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Matt Moore, I mean, all it takes is an injury, and there you go. 
by the way, that Gates touchdown, man, I really thought – I thought the rule was always that the ball, if the ball was past the line of scrimmage, but they said any part of your body has to be past the line of scrimmage. Any part of your body. Rivers, Rivers, apparently, they, they he got a call there, but I thought he was really – I thought he was past well, the line he of scrimmage. Well, in back. my opinion, well, Scott, he had three-fourths of his body. The only thing that saved him was his freaking left or his right toe. His right toe was not over the line of scrimmage, and yeah. I hate that rule. Before I leave the Buffalo situation, you know, this really kills all your fantasy value in Buffalo with Brian Brom in there. Uh, I mean, I'll go ahead and admit it. I don't, I don't think you could start Terrell Owens in any type of championship game and Brian Brom throwing you the ball. And, uh, and conversely, I mean, if, you're, if you've got running backs there, Fred Jackson maybe is a starter, then, and, and that's about it. But Denver versus Philly, a game with huge playoff implications. Like one of these teams, uh, Denver needs to win a lot worse than Philly does. Denver is sitting, uh, you know, look, looking nicely at eight and six, looking down at a whole bunch of seven and seven teams. But Mike, if they lose to Philly, and then they've got to play Kansas City next week in a spoiler type game, I mean, could, you could see Denver uh, hypothetically, Denver could fall out of this playoff picture, being eight Make and eight, and be on the outside looking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, uh, Denver, uh, they are in a bad situation. Let's face it. The in, in my opinion, the NFC is locked. The AFC is a big mess. You cannot lose a game if you're in the AFC. You cannot nope. lose a game. And Denver is in that situation, um, just like Tennessee was tonight. You cannot lose a game. Um, so it, it's a tough situation for Denver to be in, at, facing a team that historically plays great in December. They don't lose games in December. So, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, he, he's got a tough task ahead, uh, you know, ahead uh, as far as uh, Denver goes. Okay, so I told you that I would tell you about this player that uh, was a key to winning your fantasy championship. I'm ready. I'm ready. And uh, it's, it's all about the Oakland-Cleveland game, Mike. Oakland at Cleveland. And Michael Bush <laughs> is back. <laughs> Michael Bush is back. He, he looked good last week. Uh, carried for over 100 yards. Uh, the kid just uh, continues. When he gets his opportunity, he does something with it. 19 touches, 144 yards. Uh, and, and I don't really understand why they continue to not uh, allow this guy to have the ball more. They, they mentioned fumbles in the past. I think that, you know, maybe you let one of those go or two of those go this year. Uh, but Cleveland is a team that's allowed 176 yards allowed the last three games and eight touchdowns uh, over those three-game periods. So, this is a team that can you could run all day on. And, Mike, I've got Michael Bush in just about every league, and he's been sitting on my bench. And now it's coming time in the championship game. I can get him in there. I, I want to ask your opinion uh, if you get him in there over uh, over a couple of players. And I, I, well, just, want your, I, I just want your honest opinion. Uh, yeah. I've got uh, Pierre Thomas or Michael Bush this week. Okay, well, first off, I would start uh, Pierre Thomas uh, based on the matchup. I was it is a good matchup. Based on the matchup, uh, because they're going against a much weaker team. But uh, Michael Bush, this guy, if you have him in uh, Dynasty Leagues, you better keep him. Because I'm going after him to, you know, to trade for him or what have you. But uh, Michael Bush has a ton of upside big time. Yeah, uh, this guy. This guy is really good. I mean, you just never know who's going to get the carries, and that's the thing here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting, 
I'm giving myself the exact same thing that happened to me last week with this Chris Jennings rule. Uh, Chris Jennings I put in the lineup, sure, it was a bad matchup, or I mean a great matchup for running backs, sure. Somebody ran for 286 yards, and it wasn't Chris Jennings. The same thing could happen to Michael Bush this week. Yeah, he looked great last week. You know what? The Raiders organization has no clue what they're doing. And instead of, you know, obviously Justin Fargus is banged up. I don't think he – I think he's going to sit with his bum knee. But you've got Darren McFadden in there. And and Darren McFadden could do the exact same thing. Maybe they give the ball to Darren McFadden and stay and leave Michael Bush on the bench. That's true. But that that, that happens to Pierre Thomas, too. So Pierre Thomas, while he's playing Tampa, another good matchup. Uh, you know, it's no it's no guarantee that it doesn't happen to him too. Well, in both those games, uh, Scott, you have uh, you have running backs that are is it running back by committee? Uh, but the, the big key there, and you know, I'm I'm second guessing myself here, but the big key is which quarterback can offset that. Drew Brees is much better throwing the ball and. Uh, does Oakland have a quarterback? Which Charlie Fry? I mean, give me a break. Come on. Any, so, uh, any worry that the Saints sit their players in this game? Let's say, you know, you've already ruined your undefeated season. Uh, you, you do have to get the win. You do have to get the W just to make sure that uh, Minnesota. They won't set them, Scott. Is, is it, it's Philly. Is, is, is it Philly that could come in? And, wait a minute. Who, it's Minnesota that could sneak up on them, right? And yep. if, if New Orleans did lose, they they lose home field advantage because Minnesota somehow owns the tiebreaker. I think is what is how I heard it. So so New yeah, Orleans has not locked up home field advantage yet. It's a one game situation, so New Orleans has to play as if it was the first game of the year. They okay. have to play that way. Okay, so there's no real risk of uh, of them sitting these players. And so so it's Pierre Thomas at full strength or Michael Bush at full at full strength. That's that's one that uh, you're you're going to have to take a. Have and to that's take a, a serious hard look at when when it comes to game that's time. That's a toughie, and and like I said, when it boils down to it, uh, I would uh, I would almost lead toward uh, Michael Bush because of the the fact that uh, New Orleans has so many other weapons in the White House and, and a competent quarterback versus uh, Oakland, which basically uh, they need the run game. Okay, here we go, Mike. Another league on in a championship game, Michael Bush. This is Hyperactive 2. You're, you're familiar with this league again. Hyperactive yep. 2, I've got Michael Bush. I've got uh, Mike Bell. I've got Reggie Bush. I've got Jamal Charles at Cincy. I've got Maurice Jones-Drew at New England. I've got to start MJD. And i got Mendenhall versus Baltimore. I can only start three of those guys. And right now, again, I'm trying to figure out how I can get Michael Bush in that lineup. Can I, can I get him in there over Mendenhall the way Mendenhall looked last week? I don't. Th- I, oof, I don't think he can. But Mendenhall's at Baltimore. But Baltimore gives up the run. I, I'd start Mendenhall myself. Yeah, Baltimore is uh, is no longer the Baltimore that uh, they no, give the run. Still, they're still they're still very respectable against the run. Third against running backs in the league. Um, I'm still a little I'm still a little iffy on. You know, putting Mendenhall in there, but you know, look what Mendenhall did against Green Bay last week, who who is also very respectable. They were they were top three last week, and Mendenhall still put up his twenty twenty five points. So I, I don't want to get carried away on the matchup again. It's all about just how the pace of the game goes on, and you know, this is a Pittsburgh Baltimore game. That's a running back in your face defense type game. Yeah, I, I want to get the ball. 
I want MJD in there. And so the other option is Jamal Charles. Mike, Jamal Charles at Cincinnati. No way. Charles. No way you could bench Jamal Charles right now. No, no, no. He, he's hot. He's a hot commodity right now. And, you know, it's funny. When he he's doing the things he's been doing the last three, four weeks, I was going, doggone, I wish I had him. I wish I had him. I want this guy. You want to trade him? <laughs> yeah. It's it's so so I still I'm sitting here I can't get Michael Bush in either of those leagues that I uh, that I'm in the championship game it's gonna be very tough right now he's on the outside looking in but if injury happens or something comes up and I change my mind I I could be looking at the the exact same thing as I did last week Michael but, uh, but I think but last but week will, is a lesson I will say this Scott uh, you definitely have a starting running back next year. And I'm sure yeah. that don't help. Uh, I'm sure that don't help you right now. But uh, Michael Bush, he is he's shown a lot, and uh, to come back from the injuries that he's had, and just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. I mean, he's good. He's good. But for well, this and week, again, I've got Pierre Thomas in that good. league. I've got Pierre Thomas, and they're playing the Bucks. The Bucks this week. They're thirtieth against the run, allowing 158 yards per game on the year and 15 rushing touchdowns in 14 games. I'm happy about the matchup, but I'm so tired of seeing Mike Bell come in and, and steal touchdowns from me. I know. Me too. Me too. Because I, I got Pierre Thomas as well, and, you know, it, it's sickening to watch Mike Bell come in there and clean up the mess. Okay, here's another player that is maybe on, on your radar this week but should be this week, Mike. It's the Seattle at Green Bay. Seattle at Green Bay, obviously you're playing all your Packers. You always have all year long. But Seattle on that side of the ball uh, with Burleson out, Seattle and Hasselbeck, you know this is going to be one of those shootout games. You're playing Green Bay. You know that already. So you know that uh, Hasselbeck is going to have to throw the ball, and he's going to throw it to Husserman Zada, and he's going to throw it to John Carlson. John Carlson came alive last week, seven catches, 86 yards and a touchdown. Mike, I'm telling you, if you've been sitting on Carlson and somehow you made it to the championship game with Carlson on your roster, this is one of those weeks you throw him in there and you get your 15, 20 points. Yeah, I totally agree, Scott. Uh, Carlson, he's a steady guy. I mean, he may go through a couple weeks where you, you might get uh, two, three points, and that's it. But uh, Carlson's steady. Uh, in this game, I think I think it sets up. Uh, I think it sets up real good for him. Uh, I see a yeah. touchdown and maybe uh, six, seven receptions, uh, sixty yards. So. That sounds like uh, 6-12, uh, 17 points to me. Another game I really like, uh, and, and here's another situation. I'm sitting with another lineup question mark here, Mike, so help me out. Uh, just like any other owners that are sitting around the, the country right now listening to this show, they've got lineup questions. They, they need to have it answered. I've got one right now in my championship game, and it involves a quarterback situation, Tony Romo or Alex Smith. Now, and on, on the surface, you think, you know what, Romo's hot. He's the guy you play, but this is Detroit playing San Francisco. So Alex Smith at home, one of the last, his last home game of the year against Detroit, which is the best matchup in the league you could possibly get if you're a quarterback because they allow tons of passing yards. They have no secondary. This is a game where Calvin should be a uh, – not Calvin, but Crabtree should be a starter. Josh Morgan should be a starter. Vernon Davis should be a starter. Mike, can you get Alex Smith in there over Tony Romo? I cannot. I cannot. When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. Uh, Tony Romo is playing, the like I said earlier in the show, he's playing uh, the best football that I've seen in a long time. 
and he hasn't even uh, dialed in to Jason Witten. So wait till he dials in to Jason Witten. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy is throwing the guys that uh, you wouldn't even thought. Uh, Ogletree, I mean, Ogletree, give me a break. But uh, the, the guy is playing that well. Uh, it's not because I'm a Dallas fan. I'm looking at Alex Smith and what he's going against. Uh, I, I got to go Romo on that one, Scott. I tell you, I think Washington has something to prove in this game. It's their last home stand. These are the types of games where owners come out, uh, jobs are on the line. Uh, listen, you don't look at a lot of stats here. Now, if you did look at stats, you would see that Washington is the sixth best defense against quarterbacks. Okay? That's a nod in favor of Alex Smith. You'd see that Detroit is number 32 against quarterbacks. That's a nod for Alex Smith. You'd also but, – but, but in this league, Mike, this is, this is where jobs are on the line, and Washington says, look, you guys have to play with some heart, otherwise you're gonna, you, your job is on the line. You could be fired. And you've got yeah. Albert Hainsworth. You've got pressure. Dallas looked great last week. You know what? Dallas doesn't usually put it all together. Dallas doesn't always put it all together. They put a great game together against New Orleans. It was their game of the year. Do they come back and have a letdown game? You know, this is the NFL. This is where every team comes out to about 8-8, eight eight, okay? Washington, uh, and Oakland has a chance to be 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, look. Washington has looked terrible. Don't get me wrong, but it's still they they had a nice little run going there before last week against the Giants. Giants put it to them, took them to the woodshed in the first half. But Mike Washington playing Dallas at home, uh, they've got to put it all out there. They got to let it all hang out. And I'm just saying, San Fran and Alex Smith has a lot going for him playing against Detroit. Well, you know, I totally agree with that. Uh, but I see Alex Smith and uh, San Fran just. Frank Gore, Frank Gore, Frank Gore. Frank Gore, Frank Gore, Frank Gore. And that's all it's going to be. Yeah. Well, San Fran last, uh, I think Alex is talking in the chat room, and, and, and if he's talking to me, I, he, he's saying that's what he thought last week. Well, you know, I didn't think that last week because I knew Philadelphia had a pass rush, and I don't think when Alex Smith gets blitzed and when he gets pass rushed, he's going to be effective. And I said that on the show last week, if you remember, Mike. But this yep. case is Detroit. They're not bringing a pass rush to San Francisco. This is this is Mike Singletary wanting to see the best from his guys. He said, "No way, I'm I'm putting Alex, I'm leaving Alex Smith in there. No Nate Davis for me. Alex Smith's my guy, and you know he's got all these guys to throw to. You would you would have to think that you know why why throw uh, Frank Gore into the into the you know frenzy here. Frank Gore will have a good game. Don't get me wrong, but this is this looks like an Alex Smith type three touchdown type day. And I'm telling you, I'm really considering, you know, I could see 200 and, 200 and a touchdown out of Romo this week, 240 and a touchdown. That could be easily be a, a day for Romo. Romo will get his yards, right? Romo always gets his yards. But yeah. you, you don't know how that Washington game is going to turn out. It could be defense. It could be um, it, it could be run, well, that, run game, you know, that, that, ground game. That, yeah, I, that's the big, uh, big iffy, Scott. Uh, because those guys, uh, they play each other very tough every time. So, well, so anyway, that's a question mark. I'm I'm still considering, but I I do think you need to put all your uh, all your San Fran wide receivers in there. Morgan, Crabtree, and Vernon Davis. They all look good uh, in this matchup. And on Bob, the other side of the ball, you know what? Maurice Morris looked good yet last week. Seventeen uh, seventeen carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. He was also involved in the passing game. Five catches. Uh, I need some help. I need some help. Uh, Steve Breston or Santana Moss? Yeah, well, I think he, I think he already nailed it, man. 
I think you nailed it. I think Washington jobs are on the line, and, and they're going to be throwing, and they want to see what they've got in Jason Campbell. Campbell is a guy that, you know, do I address the quarterback situation in the draft, or do I stick with my guy Jason Campbell and, and see what he can do? Campbell had a great uh, couple of weeks here leading up to that uh, last week's game against uh, against the Giants. And, and to be honest with you, Mike, I don't know how he got the, the, the points he did. He got 16 points or so last week in the second yeah. half because he had zero at halftime. At halftime, he might have even had negative points. Uh, I don't know. So I think he's still the type of guy that can get it, can air it out and, and definitely catch somebody for a long one, especially Dallas. So, well, you know, that's right what move. I'm thinking. That, that's what I'm thinking. I, you know, I'm I'm going to continue to have Santana Moss uh, circled and uh, inserted, but I just have a question about Steve Breson. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want Kansas to Kansas City's against Kansas City's against Cincinnati this week, Mike, and this is the game that Cedric Benson makes his return uh, to prominence. Last week, if you looked at his stat line, you were like, eh, Cedric Benson, not real impressive, 15 carries, 57 yards against uh, against San Diego. But that was a game where you had to – it wasn't a running-type game. You were Rivers was airing it out, Palmer was airing it out, and they were going. And and you had to keep up with the pace of that game. And that was not a game that Tiffany could get into a running game groove. This game they can against Kansas City, 30th in the league against running backs, you're going to see a big, big dose of Cedric Benson. You'll probably see a nice totally dose of Larry Johnson. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you know, well, they played San Diego last week, and you know that's a tough, that's a tough game under tough situations. Uh, after the death of uh, Chris Henry, you know, uh, Chad, Chad Johnson. I'm still going to call him Chad Johnson. He was uh, very emotional, but uh, you know. That's a tough game against probably the best team right now in the AFC. So, uh, you know, here's a chance for Cincinnati to get some redemption. They're going to get redemption real quick. And uh, Cedric Benson has fun with them. The other game I like, obviously, the Jets playing Indianapolis at the 415 game. We're going to start tailgating around noon, Mike. I know uh, you were the, talking uh, about that. So, so yeah. break break that game down for me, Scott. I I, I, yeah. I want to hear about it. Well, we 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 talked at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the hour, about uh, the Colts and if they were going to play all their starters all game long. I don't I don't know exactly how this is going to shape up, but I do know that the Jets' defense is for real. Again, number one against quarterbacks, number six against running backs, number one against wide receivers, number two against tight end. Mike, there's not a better defense in the league right now than the New York Jets. The stats don't lie. They put it all together. This is this is Peyton Manning, though. This is his house. This is in the dome uh, or the stadium, <laughs> uh, Lucas Oil. Yeah. And, and and so you know Peyton doesn't uh, he he hasn't been intimidated. But my thinking is on the other side of the ball. What's going to happen here? This this Colts defense has, has kind of got lit up the last couple of weeks. Gerard threw for two twenty three and three. Orton the week through before that threw for two seventy seven and two. It seems like the last several weeks. You know that defense is, is is you know they're going right down the field on these guys and well, this has been a back know, and forth type thing. So I could see Braylon having a decent game with with Mark Sanchez this week. Well, you know I was just, I was just going to say the same thing except for uh, MJD makes things happen uh, for Jacksonville and you know Gerard. I mean he had a pretty good day. Uh, so what? How is Sanchez going to score? 30 points against Indianapolis. Let's face it. It's going to take 30 points to beat the Colts. No. How does Sanchez do it? No. No, the Jets, the Jets aren't going to allow 30 points. I think if you go back and check the game logs, 
you're not going to have 30 points coaches on that team. Like I, I, I just don't see it. And and that's if, if that's if Caldwell doesn't change his mind and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I, and I'm not worried about the perfect season. Uh, you've got you've got uh, Air Russ is in the chat room. The Colts are playing third string as a DB. Uh, you've got Freeney banged up. You've got Robert Mathis banged up. This this is not a this is not a great situation to be. You know, this is a great time to be resting starters. If you ask me. I mean, you know, it's all, it's setting up for that, but nobody wants to. Mike, we've got a question in the chat room. Five minutes to go. Steel City wants to know, Grant or Charles, point per reception league, Ryan Grant or Jamal Charles? Again, Jamal Charles is playing Cincinnati. We talked about him very hard to say. I'll go Ryan Grant. I'll go Ryan, Ryan Grant. Grant. Ryan Grant, surprisingly, is the 11th best running back in the league, Mike. Uh, it's a very quiet season for him, but quietly he just yep. continues to plug. The only reason is because Cincinnati – the only reason I say that is Cincinnati's defense is, I mean, they're really good. They're really good. Uh, they had a hiccup last week. Uh, but uh, I would go uh, Ryan Grant, no doubt. Yeah, the only other thing I, I get stuck on is not as much statistically. I look at who means more to their team. Rodgers can put this team on his back and say, it's my team. I'm going to throw to Jennings. I'm going to throw to Rodgers, Jones, and all these other guys. And Finley, especially, there's so many guys that satisfy in that on that team. Uh, that's the whole right. problem with Jennings. Uh, with with Jamal Charles, he is the Kansas City Chiefs right now. He's the guy you've got to get involved. He's the guy that scoots along the sideline. You think he hasn't tackled, and you don't. Uh, he's a guy I can't bench right now. For 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 a, except no, for a handful no, you... of guys in front of him, I'm going to disagree with you, Mike. Uh, it's red versus blue, like it always is. I'm going to go Jamal <laughs> Charles. And I hope uh, hope that didn't make things worse for Steel City as a as a new listener one to thing, our show. One thing about it, uh, think, think on for next week, uh, Rookie of the Year. I'd like to know the fantasy Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, I don't know. It depends on so much on situation. Well, I love Des Bryant. You know, I, I, I like, like for everybody in the chat room. I like for everybody in chat room. Everybody listening to uh, think about the fantasy. Rookie of the Year. Who is who is your Rookie of the Year? Oh, this who year. Oh, take? fantasy rookie. Uh, fantasy rookie this year. Yeah, just this year. Gotcha. Yeah, well, we can we can talk about that in the show next week, Mike. We've got sideline foul. Another listener on the program uh, saying Merry Christmas, folks. Derek Mason or Santonio Holmes. No points per reception, Mike. Those guys are squaring Ooh. off against each other in a grudge match. Uh, but Mason means more to his team than Holmes yeah. does. So there yeah, I go. I go. I would go with Derrick Mason. Who means more to my team? Derrick Mason does. Although Todd Heap looked like he was an integral part of that offense last week, Mike. Uh, which, yeah, which is, but what well, well, we've we seen a little bit. Well, we've seen what uh, Todd Heap does. I mean, he's hot, 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 then cold. Nothing, nothing. It just depends on the matchup. Uh, Derrick Mason, he's pretty steady. I go with Derrick Mason on that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Derek Mason is my play as well. I do have Antonio Holmes in the FFPC, uh, that other bracket. I'm not going to mention it, but I am in the lead. Mike, there's about 150, 200 teams in that thing. I am in the lead and looking for a, a free $500 satellite, so I'll take it, hopefully, if I can if I can keep it together. I want to talk about the playoffs next week. If you guys come back here, we're going to talk about the postseason challenge, the playoff competition that's so popular. The FFPC is sponsoring it again this year. The playoff competition, and I want to talk quarterbacks. Who's the quarterback that's going to lead you? Remember, you get double points in the Super Bowl in that contest. 
you know, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Peyton Manning, you've got Drew Brees, all these options, Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about the playoff contest next week. Mike, you love that contest. I love that contest. I'll have I love several it. entries. There's more information on the MyFFPC.com message board. Check it out. But uh, from everybody here at Red vs. Blue, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, the Red vs. Blue crew. And, Merry uh, Christmas, Scott. Have, guys. have a great Take day. Care. You've been listening to Red oh, yeah. vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. I believe, I believe, I believe in wishing well, and I also believe in a lot of things, things the daisy tells. I believe, I believe that a four-leaf clover brings lots of luck, lots of joy, lots of happiness. I believe those things. And when it's Christmas, I believe in Santa Claus. Why do I believe? I guess that I believe because I believe, I believe. I believe that dreams come true. If you wish for a dream by wishing well, don't tell the wish or you'll break the spell. It may sound naive, but that's what I believe. Santa Claus Why do I believe I guess that I believe Because I believe I believe I do believe That dreams come true And if you wish for a dream By the wishing well Don't you tell the wish Or you break the spell It may sound naive 